So good. Well, the series that we're going to do over the next three weeks here in Chesterfield is titled Conviction in the Chaos. Conviction in the Chaos. And um, we have a little tagline for it, which is this. If we don't stand for something, we will fall for anything. If we don't stand for something, we will fall for anything. And we're actually going to just dive into uh, what's known uh, as the Sermon on the Mount over these next three weeks. Um, But we're not going to start at the start. We're going to start at the end. And then we're going to go back through because I think uh, it's Jesus's final words in this Sermon on the Mount that will set us up for the next two weeks that will start us to, I'm kind of answering the question today, how do we build a conviction? How do we do that in our lives? And I think Jesus speaks about a whole load of different things in the Sermon on the Mount, but at the end, he tells us, all of those things I've spoken about, here's how to build them into your life. Here's how for those things to become a conviction. So uh, if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Matthew 7. Uh, We're going to look at uh, verses 24 to 27. And um, I'm reading from the NIV. You can copy along on the screen. But it says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. You hear the words and you put them into practice. is like a wise man who who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, And beat against that house. There was some chaos. Yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine. And does not put them into practice. Is like a foolish man. Who built his house on sand. The rain came down. The streams rose. And the winds blew. And beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. You see this word conviction. Actually, a definition for it is this unwavering belief. This unwavering belief that this is the way, if we're to take a look at Jesus' words, this is the way I am called to live. It's this unwavering belief that this is the way Jesus has called me to live. Not just when it's a good idea, but actually in every moment of my life. Um, I'll talk, let me, uh, let me just give you some examples of kind of some of the convictions or even a story of some of the convictions that I had to build uh, like when I was in my late teens, early 20s. And um, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I, I like football a little bit. And there's laughs because uh, I like football a lot. And uh, I played football, but when I was uh, around 1920, I started playing for a team called Matlock Town, which was uh, semi-professional. It's the first time I'd played at that level, and um, uh, it's quite a a high level semi-professionally. And so you would travel all across the country. Um, And um, sorry, we just had the kids screaming (laughs) there. You will not have picked that up on the stream, but let me tell you. I hope it was a good scream. <laughs> it's just my thing. Uh, they definitely had an unwavering belief that they were excited about something there. Um, but we used to travel and we used to get coaches on the travel. And what used to happen is that 
players would sit on the back of the coach and the supporters would be on the front and my dad would be on the front of the coach with the supporters because uh, what he likes to say is I, I, he used to come and watch me. He doesn't come and watch me anymore. And his words are, I wanted to remember when you were good. <laughs> it's, it's true. I'm, I'm 35 now. I can't move. And... Um, my head goes, do this, and my body goes, no chance. It's not happening. It's not happening today. But you, you might not know, but in the football world, there are many different conversations that take place. And especially on the coaches, back then, it would be magazines that were brought onto coaches that would contain maybe images, uh, subjects, different things that I, I didn't want to be involved with. But I had to build a conviction. I had to build a conviction because everyone was looking at those magazines. See, those magazines would get passed around. Nowadays, it wouldn't be magazines, it'd be videos that would get shared. Um, You know, even today, that conviction that I built back then still has to stand strong. Because I'm in WhatsApp groups with my football team because I need to be in there because I need to know when training is. I need to know when the match is. I need to know when to turn up, all of that. But let me tell you, some things get shared in there. I am not clicking on any image. I am not clicking on any video. Why? Because I have built a conviction. You know, sometimes they'll put in their Nathan. Well, they don't put Nathan. They, they call me Benga. Benga, you can watch this video. I'm like, no chance. You're not, because I've built a conviction. And so back then, as a 19, 20-year-old, I had to build a conviction. I am not going to entertain that in my life because I want my soul to be healthy, because this is the way Jesus, and, and so I wouldn't do that in a judging way, you know, I wouldn't do that in a way of, you shouldn't be looking at that, you shouldn't be doing that, no, I would just go, no, that's not for me, and I'd just have conversations, I, I'd just do that, and, and so many times that led to different conversations, one of the greatest conversations I ever had um, um, was in a dressing room at Matlock, there's about 20 lads in the dressing room and we're all talking and I'm having this conversation with uh, one of my friends and he's asking me about church and at that point I was playing drums in the church and so I'm trying to explain to him what our church is like and he can't get it because he's got a filter of church. He says, I've been to church for a christening. No, not, not my type of church. I went for a wedding. Mm, no, no. And so I'm like, I play drums in church and he's like, shut up. And he's like, what does the organ player think of that? Like, we don't have an organ player. You can see the filter that's going on. And so I'm having this conversation. Another conversation is taking place in the background around the music that's being played in the dressing room. And like, it's getting absolutely slated. Uh, You know, they're playing dodgy music. I I don't know what it was. And mid-conversation with my friend, he says, don't worry. Don't worry, lads. Nathan will play us some of his come by our music. Well, I'd built another conviction that I wasn't going to be ashamed of my faith. Let me tell you, I was nervous. I was scared, but I wasn't going to be ashamed. You see, the Bible tells us, Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the good news uh, that brings salvation to every single person. So I'm not going to be ashamed. So in that moment, I plug my phone in and I play a song by Hillsong United, Break Free. And the whole dressing room goes silent. You can imagine 20 lads in a dressing room. The whole dressing room goes silent. 
you know, just imagine in your workplace, you play that song and the whole place goes silent, your whole office. Can you imagine, like, I, don't, I think my heart beated faster in that moment than it did playing football afterwards. I was nervous, like, I was sweating, all of that. About 30, 40 seconds in the song, one of the lads says, uh, uh, this is kind of like the stuff I listen to. And I went, Phew. anyway, we went out and won the game. Well, footballers are superstitious. <laughs> this is a true story. Every game for the rest of the season, before we went out, we had to play that song. Like every game. Like every game. And when we lost, they said, Nathan, what, what was it? Was God not with us today? And I went, we didn't play it loud enough. But we have to build convictions. You see, the, the question for us in our world today is how do we stand firm in our faith in a world and culture in chaos? In this story, Jesus is concluding. He's, he's, he's talked about a whole range of topics. He's talked about whole different things. Some of them that we'll get into, we're not going to be able to get into them over the next couple of weeks, but he's talked about them and he's encouraging us today that guess what? Chaos is going to come. The rain is going to come. The storms are going to rise. The winds are going to blow. Things are going to beat against the house. Let, let me put it like this. Temptation will enter into our lives. You've got the context of Jesus' day where they're under Roman government. And, and so the temptation is to battle against that. You've also got the context of Jesus' day where you've got the Pharisees who are telling people, you are not living the right way. Like you've got to do this. You've got this whole context. And so people are hanging on to Jesus' every word. Why? Because there's chaos all around them. There's chaos, and that chaos is going to happen in each and every one of our lives. We'd love to walk out of this place. We'd love to be able to walk out of this place and go, you know what? Everything is going to be like walking on cloud nine. But it's not. We know that. Life happens. Chaos happens. The question is then, do we have a conviction of how we're called to live? Do we have a conviction of standing firm in our faith, even in the midst of the chaos? Even in the midst of life, we have to recognize, so Jesus talks about, ends this sermon on the mount with these words about building houses and building a house. The first thing for us to recognize today is we're all building something. We're all building something. We're building our lives. We're, all, we're actually building multiple things. You're building your marriage. You're building in terms of raising your children. You're building careers, you're building homes, you're building his church. And so we're all builders, but there's a force that doesn't want you to build the things that matter. And in those things, many times we face opposition. And that can feel like the chaos of our world. That's why we need a conviction today. It's why, we, why I needed a conviction in that dressing room. I needed a conviction because it had been very easy for me to go, no, 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 I don't have any of that music. We'll just sing it in a circle. No, I had a conviction. It had been very easy, the temptation to just look at that magazine when it got passed around. Oh yeah, I'll just have a look. Make sure my dad's not watching from the front. It had been very easy, wouldn't it? But I'd built a conviction. 
You see, for each and every one of us, there are things that will happen in our world. It's very easy to fall out. We have to build convictions, and that starts with where we place our foundation, the foundation. You can have the most amazing-looking building, but if the foundation isn't strong, the hurricane hits, it's going to crumble. It's going to crumble. See, Jesus would talk about the inside. He even talked to the Pharisees. He, he said this phrase, hey, um, you clean the outside of the cup, but you don't clean the inside. He's talking about this, that actually you're not, build, you're not building your life from the inside out. No, I don't go around looking at houses going, what a great foundation. Anyone? Unless you're probably a, a builder. Dave Buckley does. What a great. But you know what? If it hasn't got a great foundation, we soon notice. And it's the same for our lives. It's the same for every single one of us. Maybe you started building a conviction. Maybe you started, maybe you made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you started reading the Bible. Maybe you started giving yourself to prayer each and every day. But you stopped because of the chaos. And today is a day. Today, I believe God wants to energize us. He wants to energize his people, Icon Church, here in Chesterfield, there in Stocksbridge, online, wherever you find yourself today. He wants to energize us, to lay the foundation, to build convictions, even in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of the chaos of what may be happening in our worlds, that we can build our convictions. So how do we do that? Well, we read those words from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, but previously uh, in another verse... In Matthew 4 and verse 4, before this, he said this, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, I want to say that we build a conviction by his word. And we need his word. We need his word. So I I just want to highlight a few things that his word will do when we're building convictions today. Is that good? Everyone ready? Ready for the first one? All of those taking notes and are going to enter heaven. There in Stocksbridge, I know you all take notes. First one is this. His word challenges us to finish what we started. His word will challenge us to finish what we started. I said it there. For some of us, we started building our lives. We started building a conviction on his word. We started building a conviction on his teachings. We started doing that, but then the chaos ensued. The chaos happened. The temptation came. The temptation came and we gave in to the temptation. There were moments where actually it got hard and we quit or we gave up. But, but here's the thing, that the word of God, if we'll stay in his word, it will challenge us to finish what we started. I, I don't know, but... I don't go around looking, you know, if I'm looking to buy a house, I don't, you know, I don't go around looking for a half-built building unless I want to build it up, unless I want to finish that project. Uh, we bought our houses actually off of plan, and um, when uh, me and Debbie used to go and drive and see it, you'd see, and you'd see a little bit of the wall, and Debbie would get excited, and I'd be like, it's a wall? It's not a house yet. It's not been built. I think for some of us, we've left our lives half built in terms of following Jesus. We've left it half built. And today, Jesus would want to energize and say, no, it's time to 
pick it up again. It's time to keep building the conviction. It's time to finish what you started. It's time you, you gave into that temptation. Hey, guess what? You can start again. You, you stopped, but guess what? You can pick this up again. You can go it again because we're called to be salt and light. We're called to be that example to our worlds. We're called to be that in the world. And here's what the word will do. You'll stay in this word. His word will challenge you to finish what you started. We, we've heard over the last few weeks in our After the Fire series, the story of Nehemiah rebuilding the walls. Even today here in Chesterfield in the offering, we've heard of the rebuilding of the temple. And I kind of want to go there because many times the prophets in the Old Testament would start with a challenge of finishing what you started uh, around this whole area of rebuilding around this whole area of rebuilding our lives. But more than that, they were talking about here in Haggai, the prophet Haggai, he's talking about rebuilding the temple in Haggai 1. I love saying that word, Haggai. Verses three to six, he says, then the word of the Lord, you see that, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thoughts to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but, have never, uh, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Here's what Haggai is saying. You've rebuilt your homes. You've done your thing, but you've left God's house in a ruin. You've left God's house half built. No, today is the day, hey, Haggai is saying, the word of the Lord has come. Yeah, it's great. Your houses have been built, but here's the thing. You've got to rebuild the house of God. You've got to finish what you started. And this is what will happen when you are in his word. He will challenge you to finish what you started. But for some of us, we're avoiding the challenge. We're avoiding the challenge because at moments it can be tough. And here's what God is not doing. God's not judging you. No, no, but he challenges us because he loves us. Any parent knows that you will challenge your children because you love them. Not because you're judging them, but because you love them. And there's a life to build to become like Jesus. And to build these convictions that stand in our lives, that foundation, it's his word that will challenge us to finish what we started. The second thing is this, his word is detailed. His word is detailed. It's detailed in how to build your life. It's detailed. Like even, you, you can read the word, it'll tell you, this is the way you should speak. This is the way you should act. I love the moment where it says, hey, if like the fruit of the spirit, if you follow the spirit, this is, this'll be the evidence in your life. This will be the evidence in your life. This is how we're called to live. Matthew 5 to 7, the Sermon on the Mount, what we're going to take a look at is Jesus like, like telling us this is the way we're called to live. This is the way we're called to live. Proverbs, you know, let me encourage you. Proverbs has 31 chapters. Read a proverb a day. It'll teach you how to live. It'll give you the wisdom to live. But we become wise not just by hearing or reading but by putting it into action. Those words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount at the end, a wise man is someone who hears the words and puts them into practice. Puts them into practice. Uh, I like to put it like this. 
God is the interior designer of our hearts. He's the interior designer of our hearts. But you imagine you have the greatest interior designer come to your home and they say, do this, do this, do this. You know, like, hey, you want to do this? Well, here's the best way to do it. And then you don't do it. Your friends would call you stupid. Yeah? Yeah? Your friends would be like, why did you not follow their plan? They are the greatest interior designer ever. You are stupid. It's like when I try and get involved with anything DIY and Debbie's in my house. It's like, that would just be stupid. Debbie's like 100 times better than me. God has, God, our creator, he created us. Let's just hold that. He created us. Has a design for our lives. Let's live it. Let's have a conviction and it's his word that'll help us to live that life that he's called us to live. It's his word that will give us the details. And sometimes in our lives, I know I've done this, we can let our lives become generalized where actually I need to be in the detail of where God, what God's calling me to do, how God's calling me to act. I need to be, but it's his word that will help me do that. In the moments of chaos, we can become generalized. But in the moments of chaos, no, I need to, his word because his word will be detailed. I remember a moment um, where in, in, a, in, a, in a job that I had where I was facing uh, some opposition. And uh, I remember mum and dad, I think were in Australia at the time it was happening. And uh, speaking to them on the phone, just being really upset. And they sent me a scripture and, and um, it was like encouraging, but it was detailed. It was like, hey, this is, this is the faith that you need. This is how you're to respond to this. It was that moment. His word is detailed. His word will be detailed for each and every one of us. And so we have to go to his word. I, I want to build a great marriage. Go to his word. You know, like, you know, husbands, love your wives just as Jesus loved the church. Okay, there's the standard. That's how I'm called to love my wife. You want to build a great marriage. You want to build great friendships. Go to his word. It's detailed. You, you want to raise children. It's detailed. I'm so thankful my parents like, like went to the word and were detailed in terms of raising me. For, like one of the verses for us was for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Like we're going to serve God. I'm here because they followed that detail. What about you? Have you got into the detail or have you become generalized? What about serving others? Does it just become, oh, I feel like it, or is it in the detail? Loving and serving the church is built on his word. It's all there in his word. His word is detailed. And so you want to build some convictions. His word is detailed. Next thing is his word is with you. John 1, verses 1 to 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. It's talking about Jesus, Jesus coming and being in the Word. And I love this because God, through Jesus, is showing us who He is. God, through Jesus, is showing us who He is. When you see Jesus, you see God. I'll say that again. When you see Jesus, you see God. 
How do we see Jesus? Well, we do what Paul Bench does and we read Jesus every day and we'll see God. We'll see God. It's in his word. We find out who Jesus is. When we find out who Jesus is, we see who God is. You see, Bible tells us that, that Jesus was the visible image of the invisible God. You want to know what God's like? Look to Jesus. And it's through his word. He didn't just come to show us, but that we would have his word with us. Has anyone ever experienced that moment where maybe you're facing something? Or maybe it's just in a moment and a scripture pops into your head. You get that moment and it's like, where did that come from? Because there have been some times in my life where a scripture pops into my head and I'm going, I haven't read that for a long time. I hadn't heard that for a long time. And yet it's the right one in the moment. His word is with you. His word is with you. But I've got to put myself in a place where I'm hearing and reading the word. That's why I love taking notes on Sundays. Because there are moments where I go, I heard something like that in a message. And I can go back and go, oh, that's what God was saying. And it might be for something three months down the line. But I can go back. It's why I love doing that for my own life. It's why I love reading scripture. Because there'll be moments where I've read scripture in my daily reading and thought, oh, that was nice. But six weeks later, oh, yeah, I see. I see what God's doing. Why? Because his word is with you. It's with you. Uh, it's with us to build our life upon. It's with us to be the conviction in our lives. Uh, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Um, this is like Jesus giving the disciples their call. Here's what you're going to do. And he says this, then Jesus said to them, uh, came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. We've got baptism service, you know, like get baptized. That's what we're called to do. If you've not been baptized, you made a decision recently, that's your next step. Get baptized, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So there it is, his word. We're gonna teach you. Like you're going to follow his word. And here's the promise from Jesus. And surely I am with you always. Not just sometimes, always to the very end of the age. His word is with you. He's saying to the disciples, you're going to build something. You're already building just like at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he's telling us we're building our lives. We're building these houses. We're building things. We're building his church. He's saying to the disciples, you're going to go and build. You're going to build the church. You're going to do this. But here's the promise. You're going to teach the word. You're going to ask people to obey it. You're going to ask people to follow it. Why? Because it's the best thing for their lives. You're going to ask people to do that. But the promise is I'm going to be with you always. I will be with you always. I'll be with you always. I don't know, I, like in that dressing room when I played that music, there wasn't all of a sudden angels all around the dressing room and gold dust falling from the ceiling. And all of a sudden all my, play, all my teammates had gold teeth. No, but God was there. Like he was there, you know. In those moments where... Those magazines would have been passed on the bus and I 
no, that's not for me. I don't know, like, there wasn't any miraculous moment where all of a sudden they all confessed their sins to me and gave their lives to Jesus. No, but God was there in that moment. Something was being built. You know, it led to questions. It led to different things. And sometimes we're, we're, we're waiting for, let's call it the gold dust moment. No, no, no. In the conviction, in the midst of the chaos, God will build He'll build our lives, but he'll help build others. And he's saying to the disciples, I'm with you always. See, when the word is with you and you say yes, your spirit gets stirred. When the word is with you and you say yes, your spirit gets stirred and you begin to have more of a conviction. Let me tell you, it was tough first time. But I said yes, spirit got stirred. The second time. Even today, it can still be tough, but let me tell you, it's got a whole load easier. I'm thankful for technology and YouTube and Instagram, because now I don't have to like try and explain what this looks like. I can go, there you go. That's my church. You know, one of the lads was um, going on a night out, and I said, oh, you know, have a good night. And he says, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? Do you fancy a game of football? I said, no, mate, church all day. Um, best day and he went really he said what's your church like and I just pulled my phone out showed him a picture went what time's your first service said 9.15 he went I usually get out of the club at (laughs) 6 like that would have been a perfect segue but he he, he saw it but it makes it a load easier see when the word is with you and you say yes your spirit gets stirred you have more conviction just think about the story of Peter. I haven't got time to dive into it, but there's this story of Peter. When Jesus goes to the cross, he's going, he denies Jesus three times. But here in this moment, Jesus says, I'm with you always to the end of the age. There's a moment of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit falls. His spirit gets stirred. What happens is in that moment of Pentecost, Peter stands with all the other disciples, but Peter stands and proclaims the good news. He stands and proclaims with a boldness and a conviction that this is who Jesus is. Hold on. He denied Jesus three times, but now he's got a conviction. This is who Jesus is. I am with you always to the end of the age. I don't know, but this is for somebody. You're going to go into your work tomorrow and someone's going to ask you a question and where usually you'd have gone, "Mm, not sure. You're going to have a conviction because your spirit's got stirred and you're going to go, do you know what? This is it. This is what I'm called to do. The word in the midst of the chaos will cause you to keep going, to keep going. Okay, finally, his word builds faith. His word builds faith. The team are going to come back. Don't get distracted by them. They're just going to walk on stage as they usually do. But I love it when you call them up and everyone just goes. His word builds faith. Romans 10 verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. It's his word that builds faith. Recently, over the last couple of years, um, I've been saying a phrase um, which I have a conviction about, but I need to not just say it, I need to put it into practice. And it's this phrase, if I need more faith, I need more of his word. Because faith comes by hearing the word of God. 
And sometimes I try and stir my own faith through my faith. Anyone with me? Like I'm trying to muster up some faith from somewhere inside myself, whereas actually faith comes from his word. And it's his word that will give me the courage. It's, the, it's his word that will build the faith to live out and obey what he's calling me to do. It's the courage to obey his commandments. It's the courage that even in the midst of the chaos of the world, even in the midst of the chaos of the culture, where the world says, this is how you should live. No, I've got a conviction on his word and this is how I should live. But it's his word that will build the faith for me to live that out. It's the word that will build faith. It's how we stand firm. If we're asking that question, how do we stand firm in our faith in a world and culture in chaos? It's how we stand firm in our faith when the world and culture is in chaos. It's the word that will give us faith in the midst of chaos. If there's anything our world desperately needs, if there's anything we desperately need today, it's faith. It's faith. And I'm not putting trust in my faith to build my faith. No, I'm going to put my trust in His Word to build my faith. His Word. Faith. Hebrew says faith is the confidence in things we hope for and things we've not seen. Faith is the confidence that even if we don't see it, even if the circumstances look bleak, even though my house feels like it's being beat on at the moment, I have a conviction that the foundation is Jesus and that he'll work all things together for good, that he'll do that for those who love him. He'll work it all to good, that even in the midst of this chaos, I don't know what's happening, but I've got a faith and a conviction that God's doing more in the background than I can see in the foreground. I've got a conviction and here's what happens and I know this because it's happened in my life in the midst of the chaos. Getting in his word can drop. It can drop. There have been many times I've sat on this front row and it looks like I'm here but I'm not here. You get what I'm saying? I've been sat here but my brain's been elsewhere. It's just Paul was saying there have been many times you've probably looked at your phone and looked at your week and gone, oh my word. I'm not prepared, I'm not ready, I'm not ready for this. And even in the midst of God's word being spoken, that's where I'm at. But I need his word to build faith that I believe that God is already it there. God has gone before me, God is with me, that God is faithful. We sing songs, God is faithful. I'm never alone, he's never gonna leave me. Well today, 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 his word will build that faith in our lives that he is with us. His word will build a faith. You're believing for something today, you're believing for a miracle. His word will build faith. You might have been believing for that miracle for 20 years. His word will keep building the faith to believe for it. It might feel like your house is being beat on at the moment, but it's the conviction that the foundation is Jesus. He is the rock. Let's go back to those verses, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on the rock. Like a man who built his house on the rock talks about the rain coming, the streams coming in, it says this, it did not fall. It did not fall. You felt like you've fallen, but it's not fallen. The 
the foundation is Jesus. He is the rock. He is the rock. The faith needed comes by hearing his word. And so my question for us today is, do you have a conviction built on his word? Where have you built your convictions? Has it been built on his word? The word of God is how we build the conviction for our lives. It's the word of God. And today, we can start. Maybe you started, but today is a day you can make a start. Maybe it's just a simple thing. I'm going to read a proverb a day. Maybe it's a simple thing. I'm going to read Jesus every day. Maybe it's even more than that. Maybe when I get in the car, maybe this week I'm not going to listen to, you know, music. I might even listen to the Bible being read. Why? Because I need his word. I need his word in my life. Might not feel like I need it today, but I might need it in six weeks. I need his word.